Essential Self-Care Podcast, a podcast for those of us who are, let's face it, too busy for self-care. In this podcast, you will hear real-life stories from people who leaned into their self-care as they were navigating life's storms. You'll learn practical tips, tools, and strategies to incorporate self-care into your own busy life as well. You'll hear from expert guests sharing their expertise on specific tools and modalities of self-care to optimize your well-being in your life, career, and relationships. I'm your host, Dr. Sheetal Ajmani. I am a physician, best-selling author, and founder of Radiant Living Institute, where I guide high-achieving women to get unstuck and learn to live radiantly again through major life transitions. Quick disclaimer before we dive into the episode, please know that this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not medical advice. Always seek the advice of your own health practitioner or mental health provider for your specific situation. Now, let's get started. Have the pleasure of welcoming John Miles to the Essential Self Care Podcast. John is a speaker, author, host of the Passion Struck Podcast, founder, CEO, and Navy veteran. He is on a mission to help individuals unlock their untapped potential, challenge the status quo, and embark on a journey towards a profoundly meaningful and purpose driven life. I am so excited to have John on the podcast today, where he is going to share a bit more about his self care journey and how it led him to create uh, 12 steps that we'll dive deeper into today and that are the basis of his new book, Passion Struck. So welcome to the Essential Self-Care Podcast, John. Sheethal, thank you so much for having me. And I am so glad to be here to help serve your audience, uh, especially an audience that I'm very familiar with, having been a Navy veteran and spending much time in Norfolk. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much. So let's just dive right in. Can you share with us an instance in your life where self-care became no longer an option, but an absolute priority for you? And more importantly, what sort of tools or modalities did you lean into at that time? Yes, I have several throughout my my life, but I want to focus in on this one. I had gotten to that job that I had spent decade plus trying to achieve. I had finally hit what I thought was the jackpot. I was the CIO of a Fortune 50 company that many people are familiar with, Dell. And I was so excited to take on this role. But after about a year to a year and a half into it, um, I was just out of sorts with who I was at that point in time, and what I had allowed to happen to myself and my body, my relationships, everything. I ended up uh, in this position where I was traveling about half of the time, most of it overseas, because three quarters of my organization was overseas. Plus, uh, we had acquired a consulting firm that had 28,000 employees in Bangalore, India, And I was assigned to integrate that company into Dell. And so I found myself traveling all the time. And when I wasn't traveling, I was trying to make up for that lost time and work and was working 100-hour weeks pretty religiously throughout that time period. And I just found myself completely burned out. 
I, and I can't even describe the emptiness and profound numbness that I felt at that point in time. And it was if not only was my professional career significantly impacted, but it was like all areas of my life just started to fall to the wayside. And I think it's something that many of the listeners probably can understand and have felt themselves. I agree with you completely, John. I think I'm so grateful for you for sharing your story with us here today, because I do think it's a story and a journey that a lot of our listeners can resonate with. I know I certainly can as well, you know, spending so many years working to reach a certain level in your career or to uh, gain this specific achievement, um, only to come to find that that very career that you've worked so hard to achieve, uh, you know, can in some ways lead you to these feelings of burnout or emptiness or numbness. And I love how you you described exactly what you were feeling with that burnout, because I think that especially in kind of our current day and age, we can hear the word burnout quite a bit. And so I think having an understanding and just kind of hearing sort of what that looks like for people. And so I appreciate you sharing uh, that those feelings of burnout resembled these these feelings of emptiness and numbness, uh, just because I think many of our listeners can relate to that. And I think so often when we are experiencing something like that, we can feel very alone, very isolated. And so, you know, that's one of my big reasons for having this podcast is where we can share these stories and these journeys so that people can feel a lot less alone. And I think you also brought up a really great point of just how it can have this ripple effect, right? You were experiencing this burnout in your professional life, but you were noticing the effects of it all throughout other parts of your life as well. So when you were in that place, um, you know, what were maybe some of the first steps that you took to, A, recognize that you were in a place of of burnout and, and maybe you didn't have the vocabulary for it at that time, maybe you did, but to just recognize what you were feeling and then those first steps to kind of navigate your way through that? So I think it's important for people to understand that burnout is kind of like depression or even digital addiction. It's not something where one day you're completely fine and the next day all of a sudden you've got this tremendous burnout. Instead, it's like a low-grade depression that occurs gradually over time or it's like when we first started to get our smartphones and we start using them and we don't even realize over time how much they're starting to impact our life. And for me, that's what happened with burnout. So this actually had started long before I even took that job. And it had been sitting there in the background and growing initially at a pretty slow clip. I couldn't even perceive it was happening until it became louder and louder and louder um, in its impact in my life. And so I think the first thing I would want people to realize is that since it happens gradually, it's just similar to trying to get over depression or trying to face depression. You can't do it overnight. So the first thing you've got to come to the realization of once you understand that it's being that it's impacting you is that it's going to take time to heal and you need to set that mindset that this isn't going to be an overnight change. Um, During this process, I sought out uh, some professional help 
And I went to a psychologist who I met with who really helped me see the way I'd been living my life. And he told me to imagine a stool in my kitchen, which we can all visualize a stool. But he said, now your stool, picture it with just one big support, like we've seen on many stools. And he goes, your stool has one support and it's the constant grind. And what do you think that that's doing to your life? He goes, now I want you to see your future self and I want you to imagine it as a stool with multiple supports. And that was just a profound metaphor for me to really see where I was at and what I needed to do to change it. And so people can take different avenues to do that change. But for me, I knew that if I wanted to be my best, I needed to work on all sides of myself. So those stools for me, that the pillars of that stool represented physical health, mental health, spiritual health, emotional health, relationship health. And I knew if I got all of those in order, then the career side was going to take care of itself. But at that point in time, I wasn't a good husband. I wasn't a good father. I was overweight. I was lethargic. I I had negativity and self-doubt. All the things that uh, th- that hinder us from living the most flourishing life than we possibly could. Yeah, absolutely. I think you brought up some really wonderful points here. Um, starting off with the fact that burnout is something that develops over time. And so it's going to take time to recover and heal and find your way to the other side of that as well. I think that's a really important point that, you know, and it's something that I just realized and learned recently, actually, too, is that that burnout really does take a lot longer to heal and recover from than than we may initially think. And it is the result of uh, your body and your nervous system's response to chronic prolonged stress. Um, and so that builds up and the effects of that build up over time as well. And it is, you know, by nature and by definition, a result of being exposed to this chronic prolonged stressful situations. So I think that was a, that's a really good point and something really important for our listeners to keep in mind as well. And I love the description of the stool and the foundation of that, you know, the, the legs of the stool, the supports of the stool, right? And I think that's so important and it's so easy for us to focus on on the career, right? It's so easy to focus on that professional life and the achievements and things like that. I know certainly for many of my my listeners um, are very career-driven and high-achieving, so it's very easy to focus on that aspect particularly and, uh, and perhaps not pay as much attention to these other aspects of our life, right? And one thing that came to me when you were describing that and when you mentioned, you know, sort of these other pillars that you found to be very important in your life, you know, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, relational. One thing that came to me in just kind of hearing your story and then also looking at these other dimensions is just this idea of where and how do we define success for ourselves in our lives, right? Um, you know, because it was for so long working towards that goal of that role in the company. And and then kind of once you had achieved that, realizing that you needed and, and wanted to focus on some of these other areas of your life as well, right? And it just brought to mind for me in this moment of, you know, where can we sort of, and I, and I do believe that it's up to each individual to personally define, you know, 
create their own definition of success. Um, but but looking at it, at some of these other realms and dimensions as well. So what did that look like for you from that point when you started to realize that you needed to uh, and wanted to start to address some of these other aspects of your life? What did that look like for you? So I needed to pick an initial entry point that I could use to pivot to fix everything else. And I think a lot of times that becomes the hardest thing for us to do is that initial choice or that initial action or tiny habit that we need to impact to alter everything else. Because what I have found throughout my life and in helping thousands of others is that tiny changes in one area of your life create a ripple effect across every area of your life. And so for me, I had always worked out, had had always been a steady part of who I was, and it went by the wayside when I was doing all that traveling. So the first thing I implemented was getting back into a regular exercise routine. Uh, And the second thing I started to do was to clean up my diet. Uh, Because as anyone who travels, as I was doing, I put 325,000 miles um, on American Airlines that year. You don't eat well when you're in these social settings and constantly having business engagements and eating out. So that was the starting point. And I incorporated with that uh, a, a walking routine where every day the first thing I would do, and I've continued it ever since, is to get up first thing in the morning and to go on a three to four mile walk. And one of the most important things then. When you think about habit stacking, uh, what James Clear talks about is I then stacked upon that a mindfulness practice that while I was on the walk, I spent 20 to 30 minutes without any headphones on anything else, just allowing myself to do a gratitude practice, which I then followed up with a mindful practice of just getting my mind around um, the negative forces in my life and, and putting them to the wayside. But more importantly, thinking about the aspirations of what I wanted to achieve and what the intentional daily actions I was going to take to help move that closer to my aspirations were going to be. So for me, that was the starting point. And from there, it just uh, propelled almost like a waterfall over time into all aspects of my life. I love that. I love that. And I love how you describe that. You know, these tiny changes really have a ripple effect. And that's definitely one of the core principles of Radiant Living Institute and the work that I do with clients as well is that small changes make a large impact. And so choosing an entry point, choosing, you know, I I always say kind of what's the sort of simplest yet most impactful way place for you to start, right? And and certainly in in my work with clients one-on-one as well, that's something I guide them to as well. So I love that you picked a starting point, picked an entry point, and then from there started to stack on top of that over time though, right? Um, And I think that's really important and really key as well. You know, often when people hear about sort of my daily routines and morning routines, um, they're often like, you know, how do you find the time to do all that? But really it's something that I built over time, you know, over the past 13 years of, of slowly building in and bringing in different practices and tools. And, and it changes over time because even, even now I'm going through a bit of a life transition currently. And, uh, I found that 
I was feeling called to, my mind, body, and emotions were feeling called to kind of switching up my routine a little bit. And so now actually I'm being called to to do more of these morning walks as well, just like you mentioned as well, um, which was not part of my other morning routine that I had been doing previously. So so I love that you shared that as well, um, both the aspect of finding an entry point, starting with those tiny changes, and then stacking on top of it from there. What would you say, since you started this journey, has been the largest impact or the impact that it's had on your life now and to where you are now? Yeah, so Seethel, before I answer that, I just wanted to give one other piece of advice. And and that is when you start this journey, don't overcomplicate it. Meaning my first step could have been, I'm going to do a CrossFit class. Well, that first class might've been so overwhelming that I might've just stopped in my track right there. So one of the things I really advocate is that you've got to do something that you find pleasurable that you're going to want to do over and over again to make it a routine. The other thing is if the first day you decide to go on that walk and maybe all you're able to do is put on your sneakers to go do it, but you don't go out the door, it's okay. We all have a starting point. You just have to keep going with it. Maybe the next day you you walk a quarter mile. It doesn't have to be immediately right out the gate. You're trying to achieve this huge, massive thing, whatever it is. Don't overcomplicate it. Start simple. Start with something that you can achieve and just reward yourself for simply taking the initial action. Um, now. Absolutely. I love that so much. It's so important. That is so, so important, you know, and I love that you said, you know, even if on that first day, it's you just put your shoes on and you didn't make it out the door, but you did put your shoes on. I would say celebrate that too. say, you know what? I did that. I took that first step, right? And then the next day, maybe it's a few steps out the door, right? And just kind of starting small and building on it. I think that's so important. I love that you took a moment to emphasize that for us. Yes. And getting back to your question, how has this manifested in myself now? Well, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today had I not started on this journey when I did. And it's had a profound impact in every area of my life. Um, one of the most crucial areas I found that was lacking that I'm sure a lot of listeners can emphasize with is um, part of the problems that I was experiencing was due to a poor sleep hygiene. And so as I was starting to tackle these different areas, um, I learned that I had sleep apnea. And for me, that really opened up um, a whole nother area uh, that I needed to fix. And so when we're not functioning on the proper amount of sleep or when it's constantly interrupted, like it was for me, 80 to 90 times per day while you're trying to, per night while you're trying to sleep, it's going to make you feel lethargic. Your metabolism isn't going to work the way it's supposed to. You're going to have cognitive fog and all these other things. So, um, the exercise routine, the diet led me into a better sleep hygiene. Um, that helped me to get those energy boosts to want to do continual learning on how I could even take it to the next level. And so as I've progressed, I have studied a lot more on epigenetics, uh, the impact that our lifestyle choices have 
on our overall genes and how that leads both to our overall longevity, but more importantly, our biological health. Because I think what a lot of the listeners probably don't realize, and a friend of mine, Dr. Kara Fitzgerald, really showcased this to me, is that the vast majority of Americans, by the time they get in their 60s, have one or two underlying conditions. 80% of those are preventable with lifestyle intervention. And so learning that and learning that simply by making different choices throughout the day, I could improve my overall well-being and how I am aging was a profound discovery for me that really motivated me to keep these habits up and to continue down this path. That's so wonderful. And what's coming for me now as you were sharing that is, you know, coming full circle to to where you started your sharing your story of, of burnout and that you, you know, in hindsight looking back, the it had started even before you you took this job, right? Uh that specific job, but you just weren't aware of it, right? Until those symptoms continued to progress. And so realizing that, you know, one thing that I always say is that our body is always sending us signals, right? And and if we are not tuned into those signals, or if we don't pay attention to those signals, those signals just get louder and louder and louder, which is what it sounds like you experienced. And then again, bringing that full circle to what you now just shared as you started to tune into taking care of your physical body, as you started to tune into and cultivate some of that mindfulness and that awareness, you started to notice other things, right? You, you picked a, a, an entry point into that that felt tangible, feasible for you as an entry point. And then as you continue to cultivate that, you started to notice and find out and discover other things about your body and your physical health, looking at your sleep hygiene, the sleep apnea, and all of that, which you know now has you has kind of propelled you into this, this other direction of continuing that momentum towards your own overall wellness and well-being. And goodness, John, I feel like we could keep going and talk so much. I know we just scratched the surface here for today. Um, um, so we will be having you on on another episode. Um, I do want to give you a chance to please share with our listeners where they can learn more about you, your wonderful podcast and your book. Um, if you could share that with our listeners. And of course, I'll be sure to drop the links to all of those in our show notes today. Sure. I'm, I'll first mention uh, the book, which I'll put up right here. It's called Passion Struck, 12 Powerful Principles. To unlock your purpose and ignite your most intentional life. And I use intentional there on purpose because we absolutely need to be intentional about those small, tiny habits or micro choices that we're making throughout the day that I was talking about throughout this entire episode. And the book really explores how do you put into practice combining mindset shifts, behavior shifts, behavior shifts with deliberate action. And they can find the book at passionstruck.com forward slash passionstruckbook. And if they purchase it um, before the book goes live, I have over uh, $300 worth of different giveaways and gifts that I've curated for my audience that they could take advantage of. I also have a quiz called the Passion Struck Continuum Quiz where they can understand where on the continuum of becoming passion struck they sit and that's on the either on that book page or on the front page of the Passion Struck website. 
And as far as the podcast, you can listen to that wherever you listen to podcasts. It's called the Passion Struck Podcast. And similar to what we're discussing here today, it is about self-care, but it's really about how do you cultivate a life of significance? How do you find your true purpose, your true calling, and then intentionally pursue it? And so I bring a number of inspirational guests on to talk about that and then supplement it with solo episodes as well. Wonderful. Thank you so much. So for our listeners, definitely check out John's book, the podcast, Passion Struck. Again, the links will all be in our show notes. Thank you again for being here today, John, and for sharing a bit of your self-care journey with us today. She thought it was such an honor to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Essential Self-Care Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe, leave a positive review, and share this episode with someone you know. And remember, your free guide, Six Simple Yet Powerful Steps to Create Your Radiant Life, is waiting for you at RadiantLivingInstitute.com. Download it today.